you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We're live in New York City, halfway through your week, August 9th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. That's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Guys, Hard Knocks debut last night. We are going to get into this. We are going to show some clips. We're going to say our favorite parts. But, man, Aaron Rodgers is like a new man out there, mm-hmm. truly, than what we saw in Green yeah. Bay. I would say it was a Rodgers commercial in a yep. lot of ways. You mean infomercial? Infomercial. Yeah. Like, you come away and you're like, I want to play for the New York Jets and I want that guy to throw me passes. Yeah. I, if you're a fan of the Dolphins, Bills, and Patriots, don't worry. We get it. We're going to talk about it. I kind of want Zach Wilson to throw me passes, too. I like Zach. Came across great. We will get into Hard Knocks, debuted last night on HBO. But until then, there is some stuff to talk about in Washington. Time for the lead block. block. The Commanders kick off their preseason against the Browns on Friday night. We should get our first look at Washington's new offense with Kyle who? Sam Howell. Under That's my center. man. That's, That's and, my guy. And new offensive coordinator, <laughs> Eric Bieniemy. Uh, of course, Bieniemy coming over from the Chiefs has been making his presence known in training camp so far. Head coach Ron Rivera was asked yesterday about Bieniemy's intensity and if players have struggled with that in camp. Yeah, I mean they have, and 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 one of the biggest things is 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 you know, and I've, I had a number of guys come to me and I say, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you. And I think as they go and they talk and they listen to him, it, it, it's been it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Us as a coach, you know, I I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change, and 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 because he believes in it. When they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was right them too hard or well they they just were a little concerned yes i am uh, intense and i would be afraid too to start if i didn't know him but on top of that one thing they do appreciate is this i'm always going to be upfront and i'm always going to be honest eric bienemy is who he is okay eric bienemy knows how to adapt and adjust eric bienemy is a tough hard-nosed coach but also understand i'm going to be the biggest and harshest critic but I'm also their number one fan because I got their back and I'm going to support them at all times. Mm. That's a lot to unpack from Washington. Uh, Ron Rivera presenting the situation with Eric Bieniemy, but then Bieniemy coming out and kind of explaining himself. What do you make of this? I've never been coached by Eric Bieniemy. I have no idea his intensity, his style, or anything of that nature. I was more surprised, and I guess this is the second time this preseason we heard Deshaun Payton. We saw his comments about Nathaniel Hackett. Ron Rivera, veteran head coach, ton of success in Carolina. I was surprised just to hear him talk about this. It wasn't as if a player had come out and complained about Eric Bieniemy or there had been reports based on it. So far, players have been positive about Bieniemy publicly, whether that's different behind closed doors, I was surprised to just hear Ron Rivera just go into it and go as far as to compare Eric Bieniemy to Jack Del Rio, the, the defensive coordinator on this team, and 
mention that Del Rio has head coaching experience and Ron Rivera himself has it as well. So they get to know their players before they kind of embark on whatever coaching style it was going to be. And that, to me, made it feel as though Bienemy's lack of experience in the head coaching world maybe doesn't warrant him or he doesn't have that ability to do so. And he has his own coaching style. As I listen to it, I'm like, all right, is Rivera a fan of Bienemy's coaching style? Does he think he needs to change it? Is it not in the best interest of the team? Because going in, I'm sure when you hire this guy, you know the type of coach he is, how hard he is on his guys, and his level of love, tough love, however you want to call it, that he brings to the franchise. At the end of the day, they all want to win, but the way you go about that changes. I was just very surprised to hear this coming from the commanders themselves to talk about the issues that may be that players have with them or how they're handling it. I would think you would hear this kind of the grumblings on the outside and then them having to address it opposed to them bringing it up mm-hmm. themselves. If I'm a player, especially if I'm a Terry McLaurin, if I'm a Sam Howell, now when you have your media availability today, the first question that's being asked to you is, well, how do you like Eric Bieniemy as a coach? Because it seems always hard on people when it was your head coach saying mm-hmm. it. So to me, that's just very weird. You're bringing issues into the building that you don't have to. Yeah, and, and if Kyle and I interviewed Ron Rivera at the Super Bowl and it was before Bieniemy was hired and everything and we were just talking about that and his description of what he wanted from a, a new offensive coach was going to be someone who could take this offense and take it higher with all these young guys and it seems like the is the perfect fit coaching styles it sometimes you get guys that wouldn't necessarily be matched together but then it works i would say let's hold off and let's see and you know to me ron rivera speaking publicly about obviously the reporter knew and was hearing those grumblings like this does you don't just come out of the, so let's talk about that Clearly, if you're at practice, you see Biennemi getting in some of these guys' faces. You see the way he kind of coaches. And we've heard in the past that Eric Biennemi's not for everybody. If you're a player who likes to be coddled or if you're a player who likes things a different way, he's combative at times. And that's not in a negative way. Players love playing for him. And like he said, he could be his toughest critic, but that is how he does it. I want to see what happens now, though, because to your point, I don't think Eric Bieniemy was going up to that podium expecting those questions and expecting himself having to answer for his coaching style in the third week of training camp. Um, we've seen it in the past where I can go back to like Chan Gailey in Kansas City years ago. Sometimes it's like, all right, we're through August and this isn't working. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna cut bait now and we're gonna hire another offensive coordinator. Like think crazy things happen. I don't think we're at that point yet. But gosh, to your point. I, Sean Payton's comments about Hackett, Rivera speaking about his offensive coordinator and saying, hey, this is what's really going on and I'm okay with it and we're going to be fine with it. Unprecedented times and this is two veteran coaches. And again, everything Sean Payton does, I said was intentional and I think everything Ron Rivera does is for a reason too. Mm. I think there's probably a a reason he's airing it out publicly Mm. and it might be, let's get it out out in the open, let's address it now because the season doesn't start for another month and we got to be ready for that. Mm. I'd love to see commanders practice today. (laughs) I hope the enemy rides the hell out of them. The, the Ron Rivera down. angle is, is is unusual, the the PR thing, and I, I hear that. Ron, at this point, has been done enough laps around this league yeah. that I think he's kind of from the hip, which is fine. I respect it. I hate that the players are going to him complaining. I, I really do. Mm. Like, you're the commanders. I think you're allegedly the commanders. I don't really know who you are. You won eight games, seven games, who cares games the last few years. Eric Benny missed Super Bowl rings. Like, he's been there. He's been so far past where any of you guys have gone. You know what's interesting about the roster? I was looking at their offense, and I'm like, I bet it's a bunch of guys who've never won anything. And it's not. They have Super Bowl winners they brought in from other teams. They have a whole list of national championship winners from college mm. and Ohio State and Alabama. Like, these guys should know. And I'm reminded of them saying, like, I don't know. Coach Bienemy's mean. It's like... 
we're looking at Sean Payton in Denver, and he's like, no, no, no bucket hats and crap on the sideline. This is why Sean Payton came in. Like, this is what you paid him for. Mm-hmm. You could have had anybody you wanted. You picked him, so let him do what he wants. You could have had a million coordinators run the Sam Howell Express on offense. You got one of the most desired, one of the most decorated guys of the last decade. Let him do whatever the hell he wants. It is August whatever. Mm-hmm. We're still already complaining about this. It's also like camp's been on a couple of weeks, and everyone's getting a little sore, yeah. a little tired. Like, it's a little bit whiny, whiny, whiny for a team. Now, if the Chiefs was doing this, if it was the Eagles, fine. It's the commanders, the alleged commanders. And look, Eric Bieniemy played his football in the late 80s and early 90s that made him who he is. That was a different sport back then. I mean, it was Oklahoma drill and we're doing this yep. and bring your track shoes to practice. Like, you got to keep some of that. Mm-hmm. You really do. And I would just say these players, whoever they are, who are going to Ron Rivera and saying Eric Bieniemy's mean, look at Tyreek Hill's tweet. All right, yep. now Tyreek Hill is all over the map and a lot of things and this is pretty strong. He comes out after the story. Man, there's no other coach that has your back like Eric Bieniemy. Take that coaching and get better. We've all been through it. It's tough, but I promise we'll make you better. That's just basic, right on the screws. Listen to him. He played for Bieniemy for years. Super Bowl champion. Like, I hate that they're complaining. And it's, it, it taps into a lot of softness, generational participation, trophy. You guys have never done anything in this league with this team. Do something. Listen to the guy. He's done it. So shut up, listen, and run. <laughs> I totally agree. I'll just keep piling it on because on top of Tyree Kill's tweet, I I went back in February, Patrick Mahomes had a tweet about when he got hired and he glowing. There should be no questions Mm -hmm. on how great of a man coach Coach Biennemi is. His leadership had a direct impact on the person and player I am today. 10 plus years learning under one of the greatest coaches of all time, Patrick Mahomes says, and I cannot wait for him to continue to prove doubters wrong. Here they are. Here are the doubters. Unfortunately, it's on his own roster. It's his own players. This is really, the the word concerned is in quotes. This is concerning for the guys on the team. You don't have an open mind enough. Whatever was happening and whatever team you came from or the current system that you were in, that you're three weeks in and you have this much of an issue Mm -hmm. with tough love, if you will. I take a lot of issues with going to Ron Rivera, Mm -hmm. Ron Rivera airing it out. It's like have an open mind about something that clearly wasn't working and try something new on for size. Make no mistake, Ron knew who and what he was getting with the enemy. Ron Rivera is a disciple of Andy Reid. Ron Rivera knows Mm -hmm. Spagnolo very well. Ron Rivera is very connected to that Andy Reid tree, which Eric Bieniemy is right in there as well. And these guys have interacted for decades. Like, is not. No surprise to the coaching is that this is how Bienemy's coaching style is. I think the fact that it was aired out and that it's out in public, that might be. Can I can I play devil's advocate? Say to the point where Bienemy's in there and he's flipping chairs and it's just like outrageous and players are looking at it as, all right, well, this Bienemy guy is well decorated, but it's just like, all right, well, Andy Reid was there too. Can I play that? If I'm a player in a room and it's just like, all right, like you're talking crazy to me. Like my mom wouldn't talk to me this way. Is that a point where it's just like, like, well, coach, like you brought this guy in. Like, is he okay? Is there a certain extent where it's not just all right, tough love? It's just like, no, like he's really wild. Sure. Listen, if we find out he's setting fires in the meeting room <laughs> and like hurting people, yeah. Yeah. But to me, I don't know. A lot of wah, wah, wah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm not, you tell me. If someone looks at Eric Bianami as you're a coattail rider for Andy Reid, like that, those are fighting words for sure. And like, I, I don't see him that way. I've never seen him that no. way. But you are the commanders. 
do something ever mm -hmm. in, in, in my adult life and then say they're coaching us too hard and making us touch the line. Touch the line. You should. I'm not mad at that at all. There, I, there is a new season of, of tough love, like hard-nosed coaching that's emerging right now. And the Sean Payton style was good. People were like trying it on for size. And I feel like now maybe this new era of like Nick Sirianni at Eagles practice with the bullhorn, like maybe we're kind of coming full circle. It's on coming this. back. Pendulum. It's yeah, the swinging. pendulum is swinging. I um, hope it does in a lot of walks of life. <laughs> not just football coaching. <laughs> like beating your kid 100 to nothing. Yeah. That's it. I know. Oh, um, as I say, we had LaShawn McCoy on the show here. Like, I think he's been public right, about go it. Go on. Shady has takes. Shady has takes on Eric Bieniemy, and when he airs him out, people are like, like oh, that's a shady. Like, shady says it. He played there. Like, there are people who played in the Chiefs organization who are like, he just wasn't my cup of tea. So, Ron knew this was coming. Maybe the players weren't. Mm. ready for what they're mm -hmm. getting. Yeah. Well, they start winning, they'll like them a lot better. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to see what we're getting. A huge preseason doubleheader on NFL Network tomorrow night. Things kick off. C.J. Stroud and the Texans heading to New England to take on the Patriots. Talk about tough love up in New England. That coach was one of the OGs. And then there's a nightcap. Viking Seahawks squaring off in Seattle. That's all live tomorrow night on NFL Network. Catch it right here. Two games, Kyle. Get your popcorn out. Still to come on Good Morning Football, though, was yeah. last night everything we expected for the premiere of Hard Knocks. Full breakdown, episode one later in the show. I mean, that segment might go 15 minutes. I feel like we all have a lot of takes. Schreiber alone. Yes. I mean, that was unbelievable. Even I didn't know what credits. I was watching. I know. <laughs> uh, final three players we should be pulling for this preseason. We got preseason games. Who do you want to root for? I got you the stories. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We got preseason football this weekend. It's all over NFL Network, and it's actual football. We know it's not the regular season. It's the preseason. So why would you watch? Well, you're going to get some of your stars, but you're also going to get some of the best stories in the game playing out in front of your eyes. So far this week, I've been counting down from 10 to 1, the stories to root for. And here are some of those names. Going to Cincinnati, Dallas, Detroit, Kansas City. Yesterday we did these three, New England, Minnesota, and Tampa. Today I want to go down to Atlanta. I'll introduce you guys to Falcons defensive back, Natron Brooks. All right. Natron. Mm. Here's Natron Brooks, just like Natron means, spelled the same exact way. It's Natron Brooks. Natron Brooks might not be a household name, and it's because he was not drafted. Let's take a look at his resume and what okay. he's all about and his path as he made it here. This is Natron Brooks who went to Starkville High School in Mississippi from 2015 to 2017, then went to Copia Lincoln Community College for two years, and then went to Southern Miss. He goes undrafted. Um, but you know what? You start talking about this guy's story, and you say, okay, well, he did get signed a contract. He did sign a contract. All right, so he's with the Falcons. We went undrafted. But there's a cool story here that goes with it and why we're pulling for him. This is Natron Brooks, right? Natron Brooks not only went to high school with, but his first cousins with, A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia First cousins? Eagles. First cousins. Wow. These guys were teammates at Starkville High. Okay, there they both are. This is who, this is them from high school. Here's the deal. 
Natron Brooks tries out for the Atlanta Falcons in one of those rookie minicamps, tries out. Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He's watching this practice. He says, who's this guy? Natron Brooks, local product, undrafted. He's like, I like this guy. Goes back to his office later, and Arthur Smith, he's the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, gets a phone call from A.J. Brown, the cousin of Natron Brooks, and says, hey, my cousin just tried out for the Falcons. He's like, we love the guy. We're signing him. And AJ's like, good. I want to make sure he's with you. That's my dude. So Natron Brooks, with his cousin giving a call to his former offensive coordinator, ends up in Atlanta. It's a great story because you've got AJ Brown, who's this superstar, who's going to be a number one for the Eagles for the next several years. And then you've got his other guy, his cousin, who is now playing for the Atlanta Falcons, who is trying to make the team playing for A.J. Brown's old coach. We love these kind of stories. This is why you do it, it, Peter. This is why we do it. This is why we find him here. But this is your guy. And there's been injuries in the Falcons' defensive backfield the last few days with Jeff Okuda and Clark Phillips went down. Natron Brooks has a shot. Keep an eye on him Mm -hmm. this weekend when the Atlanta Falcons take the field. A.J. Brown's cousin and high school teammate getting a shot. In the NFL. Mm. All right. Instagram handle is NB2Cold. I like that. I like that. I'm into that. I like that. We were talking about high school teammates, right? Well, we've got more, and I want to go through their story. My number two is a tandem, if that's possible. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. It's Colts cornerback Juju Brents and Colts safety Michael Tootsie. Great names. (laughs) Brents and Tootsie. Brents and Tootsie. Juju and Tootsie. Juju and Tootsie. It is uh, your next buddy comedy, and they go all the way back (laughs) to youth. Football. Let me explain. Both these guys are local products here. They were Pop Warner teammates at Warren Central in Indianapolis. Okay, these are guys that lived 15 minutes from Lucas Oil Stadium. Brents were number eight. Tootsie right over here. Tootsie's dad, Steve, coached both of them on their little league team going back even further when they were in eight, they were eighth grade, seventh grade. This guy's dad was their coach, all right? We've got two best friends growing up. They go to play high school together. They go their separate ways. And when they go their separate ways, one of them goes on to be a star in college, and that's Juju Brents. He goes on to be first team all Big 12 at Kansas State in a combine work, workout warrior. He goes in the second round, okay? Mm-hmm. Tootsie doesn't go to Big 12, doesn't go to the SEC. Michael Tootsie ends up going to North Dakota State, where he goes undrafted. Guess where they both are in camp? They're both with the Colts right now. How about They're it? both trying to make the team. They were Pop Warner teammates. One of their fathers was the other one's coach in Little League, and now they're both trying to make the Indianapolis Colts. Juju Brent is going to make it. We're rooting for Michael Tootsie. Keep Hell an yeah, eye on both are. these guys now they know their story. And shout out to Warren Central in Indianapolis turning out this talent. Warren Central, baby. Warren Central. My last player that we're going to pull for in the preseason is a guy who's going to make the team, but it's story. Just even having him on the field is awesome. Jamie, I know you're close to this. That's John Mechie. John Mechie is a wide receiver for the Houston Texans. He was selected in the second round of the NFL draft last year, but his college tape was the last tape we've seen of him on a football field because of unfortunate circumstances. John Mechie missed his rookie season while undergoing treatment for leukemia. Mechie was diagnosed with APL. That's acute promyloctic leukemia, and it was in July of 2022. He found this out about a year ago. He said, hey, you're going to have to undergo some treatments. You're going to miss this season. 
He did receive treatment, and fortunately, he was in Houston, where the MD Anderson Cancer Center is one of the best in the world, and is located two miles away from NRG Stadium, where the Texans play. Here's this guy who was a breakout player at Alabama. This was in his 2021 season, 96 receptions. But he's had faith through it all, and he is now ready to go back onto the field. Mechie was cleared to participate in Texans training camp in late July. He's out there on the field, and he was asked about his return to football this week. I feel like at the beginning stages, of course, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the future has in store for you. You, of course, hope that you can. You can overcome it and play football. But I would probably say probably the beginning stages, there might have been some doubt. But uh, I've had a strong faith. I had a strong faith then, and I have a strong faith now. So, Imagine this young man's life. He goes from being a college superstar, second-round pick, to getting this earth-shattering diagnosis, going through the treatments, going through the illness, and then a year later, getting a chance to get back on the football field. There are some really cool stories in training camp. I don't think there's a better one than John Mechie's mm-hmm. right now pulling for this young man. and cannot wait to see him take an NFL field this weekend. They play the Patriots. Here's the list, 10 to 1. I love this. Um, but I want to focus on 1, 2, and 3. All three of these are really cool stories. Uh going to start off with Jamie Erdahl, who covered John Mechie in college and knows the man very well. Your thoughts on his return to the football field? I am so glad how good he looks when when he's up there at that press conference. I could not believe that news when it came out last year. It was just crazy to think of such a young, healthy man being diagnosed with something like that. He was in the perfect spot. To go further back, he grew up in Canada. He left home in Canada when he was 14 to go to high school in Maryland to learn American football properly because someone identified him as a young kid. Like, you're going to be really good, but you're not going to be good enough here. you got to go to the States. So he's been away from home for a long time. I can't imagine what that diagnosis did to his mother, who was in Canada. He's just been through it. He has been battling. So the, the Alabama thing is, like, he really prospered there, but he has been fighting for this opportunity for a long time. Wow, that's so amazing. Uh, think about that journey. Journey yeah. to get to where he finally is. And you talked about Juju Brents and Michael Tootsie. Like being on a Pop Warner football team, dreaming of, hey, one day we could be playing for the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> living right there That's in the, the same. So to be there yeah. and to make it and have that opportunity, but also be doing it with one of your buddies where you separated. And now, you're, like that story to me, Warren Central football, Pop Warner. That's awesome. Yeah. I love this segment, Peter, because sometimes when you're doing it, I'll try to pull up some information to follow along. Like Natron Brooks has no Wikipedia page. It just doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. exist. No one has made it yet. And here's what I got. Remember uh, when the Jags played the Bills and Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen and everybody yeah. lost their mind? Week 10, Colts, Patriots in Germany. We could have Juju covering Juju. Yes. That would be an unbelievable moment for this league. Brents versus Smith Schuster. We need it. Colts, Pats in Germany. Danke. Mm, Your mind. Danke. Your mind is amazing. <laughs> That's brilliant. Juju. Juju, um, Juju. We just need season. <laughs> this weekend. So good. Toss them on, root for these guys, are all the players. We just need someone on the pass to be nicknamed Tootsie, and then we're Let's gold. Let's go. Then Peter, do you think Michael Tootsie has seen right? Dustin Hoffman's Tootsie? You think he's all right. It's Ace great. Harry Gar. Let's go. Oh, I mean, Ace special, bro. I don't care what nobody say about Ace. Ace is a special dude. Any coolest dude. That'd be the real thing about it. He coolest. It's nothing what people portray about him on TV. Whatever they say about Aaron Rodgers on TV is a lie. Aaron Rodgers' no-look passes are the talk of camp. Have you on a no-look? No lie. I'm really the no-look king. I just let my throw speak for themselves. So are you trying to do Aaron's no-look pass? Trying? I definitely did it. If I was trying to do it, I'd do it. Oh, that's A-Rod. 
Imitation is the biggest form of flattery. From the king of the north to the king of the northeast, Aaron Rodgers was the star of last night's first episode of Hard Knocks. Uh, favorite moment, guys, from Hard Knocks? I know we were just waiting for this thing to come out, and then when it did, it was just packed full. Yeah, so few things live up to the hype. Mm. I'm a day one Hard Knocks viewer for two decades now, and I'm sitting there last night watching Rogers, who's a jet, talking to Liev Schreiber about <laughs> surfing in Chico and whether or not there's piranhas, and what the hell? They gave us everything we wanted. It was a fever dream of incredible stuff right down to Zach Wilson eats Uncrustables at halftimes of yes. games. And I thought that was fascinating. Yes. It's, a, it's a sauce, and, and it, I am a little bit speechless from it. I was so pleased and so satisfied. What did you guys think, Peter? Yeah, I thought that we also got to see a little bit of Sala that we don't know. That mm. speech that you referenced in the beginning of the show That's about awesome. the eagles and the crows and the biting of the neck, and then if they ain't hating, you ain't popping. Poppin'. I was like, I don't know what that is. Apparently, it is a real rap song. They played it underneath yep. it, and Sala has a much greater knowledge Nicole of, of uh, yeah, much greater knowledge of music than I do. I thought Salah came off really good, too, because I think there's questions whether he's going to be the man to lead these guys to an actual Super Bowl. Yeah, the conversations that go on on the sideline are always fun. Uh, the possibility or attempt to say a charcuterie board oh, was very, God, that was was so very entertaining. Yep. God uh, bless them for putting that in. It's my goodness. Uh, probably my favorite part what is... What did they call it? They called it something indecent. Yeah. Yes. Um, you like two live crew? Whatever it was, it was made Quinn and Williams yeah. double over. It was made for HBO. Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, the part during the pre season game where like the starters weren't in the game yeah. and they weren't conducting an in-game interview and they were like cheering their teammates on oh. and Sauce is going nuts and yeah. Aaron's calling the play in. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool and kind of archaic and old school yeah. that you come out the game you and you cheer players, and yeah. you support your yeah. teammates. That was really but cool. But then that part where they had Aaron Rodgers on in the second half. Yeah, it was very small. They didn't really... Well, the actual interview was quite lengthy because the drive <laughs> went on for quite some time. Specifically, mm -hmm. the game that Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers play, uh, the pylon yep. game oh, um, yeah, yeah. was fantastic, especially the things they were trying to say to each other to mess each other up. And that is what got us to the Sean Payton the transition commentary was in which we saw the cameo from one Peter Schrager. Oh, yeah. But that game, I kind of want to play it in, on Good Morning Football. Rodgers was not doing great at it. No, they showed. you know, because he was rattled. But if you miss it, they, they'll say things like uh, naked clowns or whatever. Yeah. And as Nathaniel Hackett is throwing, right as he's throwing, Sean, Payton. Goes, Sean Payton. And he's like, oh, that was a good one because yeah. that news was happening. And the reference is great, but also it's from Basketball, Basketball. the movie, yeah. which yeah. is, you know, Trey so and Matt. So many references. Yeah. Lot of, well, yeah, we did the gold member thing. I, I will say this, like that Rodgers said they shoved it down our throats. The Jets were on record. They didn't want to do it. Yeah. A lot of teams are like that. When you do it, though, man, you look beautiful. Yeah. And you, I think case in point, Zach Wilson for the last couple of years True. has been a punchline at best. He's been beaten around. He looked awesome in the episode. Yeah. He looked relatable. He looked like a young, excited guy who's here to learn and has got big arms and can chuck it. Like he, Zach Wilson came off in the episode great. When have we said that about Zach Wilson about anything? No doubt about it. And how about to your point, force it down, leave goes up to Aaron Rodgers. It's like, why don't guys want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And the pressure to answer that question, because like you yeah, outwardly sure. upset, yeah. like you didn't want to do it. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good, but the I love Zach Wilson. Stuff, like we were talking about how they're gonna break the fourth wall. He'd never been on hard mm -hmm. knocks. There he was, and they really nailed it. Yeah. He's funny, he's self-aware, yeah. they use his voice so you know. And over and over again, Rogers is like trying to talk to me, like, guys, that's the voice. That's yeah. the voice of Hard Knocks. You like, didn't go say hi to him. Go say hi. It's the voice Hackett's of God. Right. Hackett's go, like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's rude. Yeah, that it was an amazing treat for Hard Knocks viewers when Liev Schreiber started talking about himself as the. And like, oh my God, they're gonna do it. They're really gonna do it. I was so excited. When he turned and looked at the camera, I was like, I got a game ball. But if someone tries to hit, me, no, I'm just gonna set it down. That was so good. I, yeah. And Sauce Gardner graduated college, and that whole thing he went mm -hmm. into. Nick Van, Nick Van Axel showed up out of nowhere. That was just the first episode. 
free throw line. No. He was so good. It was great. Thank you, Hard Knocks. What else could they do? I feel like that could have been We're a good. feature film. I, didn't know what I need Hard Knocks on Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. We need to get behind Daniel Jones. Yeah, I know what true. he's got going on. That's oh, true. we're talking about him next? Oh my gosh, look at that. Are people convinced that Danny Dimes is it for the New York Giants? Can he prove the doubters wrong? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Giants, Lions, joint practice. Peter said it yesterday ahead of their preseason matchup Friday night. We mentioned it yesterday. The Dable-Campbell personality mix at this joint practice will be excellent. Uh, but it was reportedly a so-so day for the Giants quarterback struggling against the Detroit Lions' young and feisty defense. Here's what Daniel Jones told the media after said practice. I thought it was good. I think, you know, certainly some things we can sharpen up and clean up execution-wise. But overall, I thought we made some plays here and there. Just got to be more consistent and take advantage of some of those opportunities we had. Obviously, it's an extremely competitive situation to go, you know, practice against another team. But I think it just comes down to hitting it and, and uh, take advantage of the opportunities when we have them. So, yeah, maybe it's a little bit different feel to the practice, practicing against another team. But at the end of the day, you just got to gotta hit it. So, a reminder, Daniel Jones got a four-year, $160 million deal back in March. Uh, That put him amongst the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFC, seated squarely behind Hurts and Murray. But despite Giants fans and their faith in him, there are still plenty of critics out there. Because kind of along the Jalen Hurts conversation, Kyle, it's like one good season, like one playoff win, and that's what got Daniel Jones to the bank. But how can he finally silence his doubters this season? Peter, what's the barometer we're working with here? You know, it's funny because I I watched Justin Herbert have a 27-point lead at home in the playoffs and blow it. That's Uh, tough. I've watched um, a lot of guys. Catch a strays, baby. Her cousins, uh, you know, win 11 games, go into a home game playoffs and lose to Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones gets a contract that puts him at 12 overall the league and once Burrow gets his he'll be 13 and people freak out they didn't deserve it he doesn't deserve it Daniel Jones is a playoff winning quarterback and mm. Daniel Jones had uh, no, no offense to these guys he didn't have Justin Jefferson and mm. Keenan Allen at wide receiver last year I'm getting defensive of Daniel Jones yeah Derek Carr's never won a playoff game Derek Carr's never won a playoff game that's another stray we're just doing strays we're going to- <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, Derek Carr has nothing to do with the conversation I want him in there Kyler who'd rather have like <laughs> He's the 13th highest paid quarterback in the league, and he's a guy who is 25 years old and won a playoff game on the road. I'd sign up for that. I think he's all right. He's got the respect of his teammates. I don't think he needs to prove anyone wrong, and I think this year he's going to do it again. I feel like he's going to have another good year, and he's going to win clutch. He's only going to get better. And from all the things I hear, he was awesome in camp. So you now take a wide receiver room, which last year at the end of the season, who's he throwing to? He was throwing to like Isaiah Hodgins, who was a great story but was not – a guy expected to be his number one receiver, and now you add in Darren Waller. You add in Paris Campbell. You give him Jalen Hyatt. Like these are, these are real weapons. Um, I, I don't think he has he has to prove anyone anything wrong. Last year, what he did is 
far more than what most quarterbacks in the league did last year. He just has to bring it again this year. So I'm defensive of Daniel Jones because I don't think he talks a big game. I don't think he's flashy. I don't think he's going to be voted to the NFL top 100 by anyone. But last year, he was a top 100 player. Proved a lot last year. It was a huge step. To the question specifically of silence his doubters, like everyone's like, I'm cool with Daniel Jones. I think he has to be the best player on this offense. The best. Because there is a thing right now with him where there's a little bit of an eye roll because he's the highest paid player, not because he's the best player, but because he plays the best position. Like, we know that. Mm -hmm. Like, Saquon Barkley is better at running back than Daniel Jones as a quarterback right now, but Daniel Jones has all this money. Become the best player. Mm. Jalen Hurts is the best player, I think, on the Eagles offense. He's better than Kelsey. I think he's better than everybody. Mahomes, all these guys, probably even Dak. I mean, maybe CeeDee Lamb, who knows? Be the best guy on that offense because... He can run the offense and be fine and do this and do that and even win another playoff game, but can't you just become a killer? Like, this is a year of killers. I, I was listening to Mark Slareth was on Rich Eisen yesterday, and he was talking about Hall of Famers. And he said, I was talking to John Lynch, and he's like, I can't really tell you what a Hall of Famer is, but I know one when I see one. Wow. I thought it was a cool quote. He's like, that's a Hall of Famer. I want this season at the end of the year to be like, man, we're set with Jones. We're never going to talk again about contracts this or extension this like we have a guy and we're gonna have a guy for the next 10 years I know it when I see it I don't care about his stats I don't even necessarily care at the end of the game if they won I just know that I when he breaks the huddle that is the Giants quarterback did you not feel that at the end of the season last year the way he was playing felt it came a long way really did really did we just need more. And I know? think he was their best player on offense last year. That's the thing. Like, I feel like we just assume Saquon's better. But Jones I don't know. No. Saquon in the playoffs, too, was electric. Saquon, I mean, electric. Yeah. I think there's no question Saquon Barkley is their best player on offense. And I don't look at that as a slight to Daniel sure. Jones. I look at that, if you look across the league, if you have a bona fide superstar at a skill position, if I'm on the same team as Devontae Adams, it may be hard to live up to that. A Tyreek Hill, certain guys, a Justin Jefferson, where it's just like, all right, like. That guy's the best. He is the best best at what he does and I may not be there too it may not be the best player on his offense as long as Tyreek is there but I'm with you I look at Daniel Jones I remember last year starting the show in the summer and we're like all right what does Daniel Jones have to do to earn a contract from the Giants to say, hey, you're our franchise guy? And we threw out, hey, when playoff games get to the playoffs because of him. And that game they're talking about in the playoffs, he threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and ran for over 70 yards. So it's not like he was just a passenger in their run last year. He went out there and he proved that, hey, I can be the guy for this franchise. Yeah. The next step is when we look at Daniel Jones is it – all right, he's really good, and we're set with him as our quarterback. Well, can you win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? I think that now is the question where, yeah. all right, we know we, we feel like we have our guy. If we put the right pieces around him, do we feel like this is a team in a roster with him leading the way that we're like, all right, in the NFC, we got to figure out how to beat the Eagles, but, hey, we're going to have an opportunity to play in that game. And to your point, adding a Darren Waller, a Jalen Hyatt, you're adding speed and a lot of other options to this offense that he didn't have last year. He was out there balling with guys that, other than Saquon, you're just like, uh, okay. And that's no slight to those guys, but For sure. if you're a number two receiver and now you have a number one out there, a guy that they're focusing on, it helps your game flourish as well. So to your point, I think for Daniel Jones is going out there this year and proving that I'm a guy that can win a Super Bowl and joint practices are different. The competition level rises up. You're hitting another guy in the opposite jersey. And to hear he struggled yesterday, now we're having this conversation today. But I think Daniel Jones is going to be okay. 
Is he a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl? I'm not ready to say, oh, yeah, I'm putting that stamp on that. Daniel Jones is leading him to a, to a championship game. I don't know about that. I focus on the word doubters in the first place and just ask the doubters, if you are a Giants fan and you're still doubting him, to just broaden your scope a little bit and maybe put it into comparison as to what other teams might be dealing with at the quarterback position because what you have going on in terms of growth, I think, is pretty admirable at this point compared to what Daniel Jones did his first three compared to last season. You know, you know it when you see it, Mm -hmm. but you also know it when you don't have it. And all they have to do is look down the street at what the Jets just went through over the last couple of years. And the response that we saw in Hard Knocks last night from the Jets having a guy under center, I mean, it was just total admiration for an hour as to the things that Aaron Rodgers can do. Giants fans, you have a quarterback. Be comfortable and happy with your quarterback. Broaden your scope outside the fact that I know within your division it's hard because you have a team that reached the Super Bowl, but look at the cascade in the NFC and be pleased with what you have and just work with it and and allow for growth. Would you not argue that Jalen Hurts wasn't what he was last year until he got A.J. Brown? Yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah. So I'm still hung up on the, like, he's not the best player. Because I'm looking at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was an ensemble piece, and then he elevated his game with these great stars. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Giants had many stars. Mm-hmm. So now you're—I'm not saying Waller's a star. I know I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a realist. You never know, though. It could yeah. be a puzzle Maybe piece. Maybe it is. And then I'm not saying Paris Campbell's a true number one, yeah. or Sterling Shepard is going to be like he was, or Wandale Robinson. You can name all these guys. He still doesn't have uh, AJ Brown. He still doesn't have that AJ Brown, mm-hmm. so he has to take more on him. And I don't think the running back position. Saquon is an excellent running back, but I don't think when you have that A.J. Brown deep threat or the Tyreek Hill mm. deep threat, Saquon's necessarily the same way that defensive coordinators stay up at night saying, how do we stop Saquon mm-hmm. when he gets in the open? You know what I mean? So this is going to all be on Daniel Jones, and if he does it again, that's two years in a row, I feel mm-hmm. like that's he's done it. Right? I think something that Jason hit on, too, is very, very simple. If you're talking about this season, you have to do something about Philadelphia. Like You, you yeah. can't be the Giants quarterback and get your clock clean by the Eagles. Yeah. Once a year, twice a year, three times in one year. Those are huge games for him. Mm-hmm. And they're at the end of the season. You'll have a whole another year with Waller and all these guys. I think in one sentence, it's beat the Eagles. Yeah. And if you don't beat the Eagles this year, then you just you're kind of like second tier guy. That's, that's how it's going to be. To your point, that playoff game where he throws for 300 yards the very next week. Oh, I, don't even, I don't even think he threw for 200. Not great. They were down 28 nothing in that yeah. game. It was not a game. Um, the double edged sword thing of this, where you're talking about, well, Saquon didn't get the money, but Daniel Jones did. I think that's going to be the conversation. As Especially if Daniel Jones falls on his face, and it's like, well, yeah. why do we? And Saquon's for? brilliant. Saquon's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I but right now they have them both on the roster. Mm-hmm. They all seem yeah. seemingly happy. Mm-hmm. Giants Eagles week 16, and then again week 18. That's it's a nuts. long that's wait. It's a wild yeah. thing. Yeah, thing. Coming up, uh, we all know the importance of a strong and healthy relationship between coach and quarterback. Is that happening in Denver? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.